Hey, Saints and Nights, how are you? What's up with y'all? How are you today, chilling. sir? Chilling, chilling. You're chilling. You're always chilling. That's me. Okay, so yesterday I was on TikTok and I saw a video of a guy who got a knee BL. <laughs> you ever heard of that? Yeah, you showed me the video. You're supposed to act like I didn't tell you. I mean, I'm not. I'm not so basically, <laughs> like, for the Saints, the dude, uh, maybe. he was, he, you know, he was born into the world and then he grew up. And then I guess his height capped at five foot five. And he wanted to grow up again. And he wanted, he wanted to be, <laughs> he wanted to be born again. And so he got a knee BL, which they extended his limbs so that he went from five, five to six foot. And he had the Forrest Gump braces on his legs and they was like reteaching him how to walk with his new height. And I'm like, bro, is it that serious? You ever consider getting that? No, I'm, I look, God made me in his image and, and he made me a shorter man. I okay. have no, I have no problem. You never wanted longer knees. Oh, when I was younger? Okay. Oh, absolutely, because I wanted to be in the NBA. Uh, and so my cousin told me that if I stretch, like, every single night, uh-huh. and if I hang, for, I had these little handlebars. And oh, you thought you were a rubber band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it didn't work. It didn't uh, work. Did you eat carrots? Nah, that's that's the thing. I was eating Flaming Hots. Part of know? me thinks that you, I, part of me honestly thinks that you could have been taller if you weren't malnourished. Wow. You ever thought about that? So we just going to start the podcast off with disrespecting me? <laughs> no. That's crazy. Saying, wow, where they do that at? You didn't eat a lot of vegetables. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, like, if you ate more vegetables, if, like, your life would have been different. No, I mean, I, I married a, a woman that loves me for who I am. I got four kids. And maybe, maybe, Amy, I just, maybe, I'm, maybe, maybe, maybe if I ate a, a little more carrots and broccoli, I probably would I'm just saying, you could have got another two inches. Maybe. <laughs> Nutrition matters. No? Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never wanted... What does it have to do with the topic that we talked about? I've never wanted a knee BL, personally. Um, I did want to be taller. I I, I really wanted to be at least five, six. I have a question for you, though. Oh, a question. Uh, You have a question. If if you dated a guy and you later found out that he got a... What what is it called? A knee BL. A knee BL. What would you think? I feel like I would see it because I really feel like he would walk... Strange. I just can't imagine somebody walking normal with it. It just gives like he'll walk like he on stilts. And you got to think about it. If you was a five foot five man and you don't went to six foot six foot zero, your arms is still five foot five. Oh, I didn't think about that. He probably looked like a T-Rex. No, you you giving dinosaur. Oh, legit. And so even that would throw me off. Because now he got to get a what is why are your hips so far from your fingertips? uh, Elbow uh, elbow bl. He got he to extend his arms next. Like, why is your fingers so far from your hips? It's not adding up. Can you imagine if he went and went to the doctor and they, you know, that little thing where they like bang your knee? He probably don't even feel it. <laughs> <laughs> you got these little fake knees. No, nah, I don't feel that, doc. Nah, it ain't, it ain't working. <laughs> when that man gets 62, he going to start crimping. It's he just pro- going to not go it's probably gonna. It's probably going to cause a lot of pain for him when he no, gets it's going to be terrible. Yeah. As soon as it get cold outside, that. it's going to set up in his knees. Discontentment All does four that. of them. It does that. Anyway. What are we talking about today? So you had an experience yesterday. You went out to share the gospel like the evangelist you are. Yeah. And you you had some hindrances, some distractions. And we basically got into a conversation about how in ministry, there is an element of spiritual warfare, element of just 
mess that you have to be mindful of. Um, and in particular, because you haven't been doing bold TV, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think the distraction threw you off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? For sure. And so we just wanted to talk about like when you're doing evangelism, when you're doing marriage ministry, when you're doing discipleship, when you're raising your kids, like the enemy comes for you. And this ain't going to be all about the enemy um, because he can only do so much, right? It's, right? It really is. He's leveraging our flesh. Uh, but yeah, tell us that story. What happened? Yeah, so I had been feeling like for a couple of years that the Lord was leading me to do bold, bold TV again. And one of the things I was telling people on the live this morning was that, you know, you know, when the pandemic happened, you know, of course it stopped it. You can't be out there like um, talking to strangers with COVID breath. But, mm-hmm. you know, after that, you know, I, I felt like, you know, like when, when COVID kind of like released a little bit, I felt like let's get back into it. And it was just thing after thing after thing. And I know our life became busier in a different way during the pandemic. The podcast took off and all of those things. And so for a while I was thinking, man, maybe it's just busyness that's stopping Bold mm-hmm. TV or the reason why I'm not, you know, as my, my attention is not on it as much as it, it was. But then I started to go on trips. And I, every time I go on trips, like people was like, yo, Bo TV blessed my life. And it was just like you know, people telling me that more than usual. And I felt like the Lord was like, Preston, I want you to do this again. Long story short, you know, I... I made the I, I I made it my initiative to go out and look for you know different videographers to 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 start shooting with me again, and yesterday when I went out, I really felt like the Lord was like, "You're gonna you're gonna experience some like some spiritual warfare like the enemy doesn't want you out there." So I I, I walked up to three Jehovah's Witnesses to you know talk to them and share the gospel, and when I did that, you know uh, it went well at first, but then after a while it started to get like real, real chippy. Right. And the reason why is because it was, yeah. Like, what does that mean? Um, like, like, um, petty, like, okay. like, 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 like the, one of the ladies. So it was, chippy it was, can mean happy. So that's why I was just, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or chipper, chippy. Yeah. Yeah. I well, know. I guess chipper, chippy is the wrong word. It started to get like real argumentative. There we go. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was three Jehovah's witnesses and two of them were really adamant about, I guess trying to win me over, uh-huh. right? But it was this one particular uh, Jehovah's Witness to the left. She was an older lady, mm-hmm. and she was just really irritated at me uh-huh. the whole time. And so, you know, you know, all while while I was giving, you know, giving them the gospel, just talking and trying to understand where they came from. Like every time I would come to a point, she would like get in my face and be like, "Can you leave?" Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, "Not your face." I'm like, why do you, why do you want me to leave? I'm like, she really wants to talk to me, mm-hmm. um, you know. And every time you tell me to leave, mm-hmm. your friend is pulling out another passage. Let me ask you this: Is that typical in engaging with Jehovah's Witnesses? Like, that is that a part of their doctrine to cut off a conversation instead of continuing it? Yeah. So what? So what that's called in the watch, false gospel? Yeah. So what that's taught <laughs> in the Watchtower organization is that if somebody opposes what you believe and it, and is adamant of trying to convince you otherwise to like refuse them. Got it. You know, um, and so a lot of times when I talk to, well, one, I think it's, it's good to know that when you talk to Jehovah's Witnesses, there's always uh, elder uh-huh. and there's always younger people. Mm-hmm. So the elders supposed to, so, you know, they understand discipleship in ways I feel like the Christian church should. You should, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. To pick up, but yes. it's always a, a elder, and so I always typically have problems with the elders, mm-hmm. and the younger people are more zealous mm-hmm. for their faith, and mm-hmm. so they always want to engage with me more. Um, and so, you know, the older lady she wanted to engage with me, 
But then when she saw I knew my way around scripture, she mm. was just like, can you leave? Yeah, yeah. Because she didn't want me to influence them. Right. right. And so I had to be very strategic in how I interacted with, with, with the younger ones. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I asked questions, position myself like a learner so it could be conversational and not just me spewing a whole yeah. bunch of Bible at them. Right. And, um, and so... You know, we went through John 1, we went through Colossians 17, we went through Hebrews 1, we went through Revelations, we went through all the scriptures, you know, discussing the deity of Christ, the, the, the triune God of scripture, why they think that's false, why I believe that's true, you know, Charles Taze Russell, we went through a lot of stuff, right? And, you know, after a while, the lady was really irritated at me. And okay. so she told me, you know, she said, uh, basically... I'm going to ask you nicely to leave. And mm-hmm. so I had to stop. And I said, why do you want me to leave? She said, because I feel like this is being disrespectful. So so is that the spiritual warfare? No. Okay. I'm getting to it. Got it. And so what I what happened right after that, I said, let me pause this conversation. Mm-hmm. Let me pause this conversation and, and ask you why you are offended. So I asked her why she was offended. And so what I did was I stopped talking about theology and I told her that I I honor her as an image bearer, that I'm not here to to, to discourage you. I, I think that what we're doing right now is wrestling through uh, what we believe is true. And mm-hmm. I feel like God is pleased when we when we try to figure out what he has communicated us to, through his word, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, but no, by no means do I, you know, ever want to disrespect you like you guys remind me of my mom and my aunt, right? Mm-hmm. That diffused her, right? Mm-hmm. And after that, she said, okay. She said, okay. She stepped back. And immediately after that, I felt like I had their ear, mm-hmm. right, which was encouraging to me. It was stressful right. and it was draining, right, right, that I had to go through that. I just, I just want to present truth to them. But I felt like they, I had their ear after mm-hmm. that. I felt like they were more willing to hear me because I, I, I ex- expressed my heart to them. Immediately right after that, a guy came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. like came out of nowhere. And the only reason why I knew he was standing behind me is because I saw them looking behind me. Mm-hmm. And when I turned around, it was a guy with chains on, mm-hmm. moon rocks on, on a, hanging from his chains, looked real like eclectic, mm-hmm. you know, and he was just staring at me, almost as almost as if he was mad at me. Mm-hmm. And I knew as soon as I that saw spirit him. spirit was mad. I, I, I knew as soon as I saw him, I knew it was not, it was not good. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just said a quick prayer and I was like, Lord, help me, <laughs> you know? And so as soon as I got to John 1 to explain to them why I believe that the New World Translation has added words to that passage to make it make sense, as soon as I got to, to, the, to, to the end of my point, he, was, he just started yelling, uh, no, Jesus ain't God. Jesus ain't God. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh. And so I turn around and I say, bro, I'll talk to you right afterwards. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can you just give me a, a, a couple of minutes to talk to them and I'll talk to you right afterwards. All right, all right, all right. So as soon as I get to another point, nope, 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 nope. That's false. That's false. Turn to Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Turn to Proverbs. Not Proverbs. <laughs> and I'm like, That's what? the randomest book. I'm like, what is he doing? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why, why do you want me to turn to Proverbs? He's like, it says in Proverbs that Jesus is not God. And I'm like, I don't think Proverbs. it says. Proverbs. Yeah. And so basically, long story short, you know, I I turned around two more times and basically in my in the, my best attempt to plead with him to like low-key leave me alone as yes. I get done talking with yes. him. But then eventually, you know, um, it was just too much for the Jehovah's Witnesses. I got this little black boy asking me questions I ain't never heard before. <laughs> and now I got this dude now talking about Turner Proverbs mm-hmm. and won't even let him get a sentence out. And so afterwards... You know, we, we, we walked away and he said, man, I want to talk to you, man. And 
How old is this person? He he's around. He's probably in his thirties. Okay, you know, um, and he, he we walked down the street, and I said, my videographer is gonna re- record, and then I I said, what do you want to talk about, bro? And then he just started staring at me, like really intently, as if he was trying to intimidate me. And I'm sitting there looking at him, like, what is this dude on? Mm-hmm. I really couldn't tell if he was like on some mm-hmm. or uh, what. And then um, I guess I don't know if he was trying to f- fill me out or intimidate me, but I don't think any. I don't think none of it worked. And so he just said, turn to Proverbs, bro. So I turned to this passage in Proverbs. I read the scripture. It had nothing to do with the deity of Christ. Uh-huh. I said, what, what is this? What, what, what do you think this means? Right. You just read it. You tell me what it means. And then I said, no, you told me to turn to the passage. Right. Teach me. Because you believe that this passage is communicating that Jesus is not eternal. Yeah. So can you explain to me? And was it was, Proverbs 31? No. Okay. It wasn't. And so then, so then he goes on to say, you out here talking about Jesus as God, but what you need to be out here doing is talking about these spirits out here. I said, tell me about that. He said, I got to go, man. I'll talk to you later. He did his finger that way. And then, yeah, and then, and then literally walked away. And I thought to myself, I said, wow, this mm. dude was sent just to be a distraction. Mm. He didn't even want to talk about the past. Mm-hmm. He didn't even want to talk about scripture. And so I, I, you know, immediately after that, I was this. I was discouraged because I felt like when I had their attention, yeah. this guy came and like, took it away from me. And I came home, talked to you. And, you know, you got your way of encouraging me. You was like, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> just proves that the enemy doesn't want you out there. And then I was like, hmm. And then after, you know, this morning when we prayed, I felt like the Lord was telling me, Preston, don't be discouraged. Mm-hmm. I use everything. Ah! I use everything. Here. Like, I, I use it all. Like, even if this video is to teach people that the enemy doesn't want you out here telling telling truth. I use it all. Um, and so I was really encouraged after we prayed this morning um, about it because I was like, man, this is my first day out back mm-hmm. doing Bold TV. Of course, the enemy wants to come and discourage me. Now, I'm looking for a passage that I'm going to read, but how do you... How do you discern that one that is just not random, right? Like, because I could see somebody saying, yeah, you were out talking to Jehovah's Witnesses, a guy, you know, he wanted to voice his his peace and say what he had to say. Like, why are we saying that that's the enemy? Why are we saying that that's spiritual warfare? Like, what proof do you have that that's what that was? Yeah, I, I think, I think one... One, I'll, I'll say the it, I can't really explain it, but it's the it's a, it's a it's a feeling, right? Mm-hmm. That I that I feel, and it's not even a paranoia. It's just kind of like this a uh, spiritual alertness to be aware of my surroundings that I feel like the Lord kind of gives me when I'm when I'm talking to people, and so it's not really over spiritual or deep at all. It's just like the Lord showing me, like you know. Like, be careful, like, you know, be mindful um, uh, when you're talking to this person. But also, too, I, I, I think sometimes when people talk, when people think about spiritual warfare, I hope this can make sense. But I think we I think we don't understand how, how much we over spiritualize, um, how much the enemy and the Lord uses natural things to accomplish your will. That's great. Right, Um, because people always talk about like these deep spiritual things, right? But what's also deep is providence, God's providence, right? Mm -hmm. What a miracle is is God suspending the natural to cause something supernaturally to happen, 
right? We see we we don't see this done in the in the New Testament as much as God's providence, because what God's providence is is God using everyday natural events, people who are demonically oppressed, people who the the Roman officials, every man like like the free will of men to carry out His will, yeah. right? And so like the enemy. It's, it, we don't we don't have to be deep about it. The yeah. enemy is going to use people who don't know him mm. to come and try man's free will. Yeah. I don't think this man would say, "Oh, demon, rise up in me and come and <laughs> um, disrupt Preston." It's like no, <laughs> like that, like like both God and enemy and the enemy uses natural things mm. to try to bring out carry out his will. And so I, I think that if we think about it like that, mm. you know, like not only is this the enemy, but it's also God. Yeah. He's okay. very much in this too. And so like, I think if we th- thought about it like that, we we won't have to like question like, why are you over-spiritualizing? It's like, no, actually all of it is spiritual, <laughs> you know? I want to read a couple texts just to give some biblical basis for your experience because when you, when you read through the scriptures, anytime people attempt to be faithful to the gospel, there is opposition. There is opposition that you can anticipate. Yeah. And there's opposition that will also irritate, but it's opposition all the same. So one is Acts 16. I think this is typical or not typical. I think this is what you experienced yesterday where it says, Paul Paul and Silas, they on their way. It says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune. Mm-hmm. She followed Paul and us crying out, these men story. are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation, which was true. And this she kept doing for many days, Paul having becoming great. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour, which he ended up going to jail for and all this type of stuff. But I I think one thing that that shows you, Paul is minding his business. He had no intention to do ministry to this girl. Like he 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 is going to I don't know Chick Fil A. You get what I'm saying? Like he's on his way to Cracker Barrel. Right, right, right. You know he just minded his business, and he don't even tr- he didn't even want to do ministry to her. He did it out of his irritation. That's the that's the most gangster part of that, you get what of that I'm passage. Saying? He was like. I'm tired of you following You're me. You're getting on my nerves, spirit. And it wasn't the girl <laughs> that he was irritated by. It was the spirit. And yeah. it's like, oh, if you want to keep getting in my face, I'm going I'm to I'm give you what you want. I get what and, you're saying, babe. And, and so basically, I, basically what you're saying is I should have turned around and cast that spirit out of that man. I don't know if you got Come the anointing out. for that yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a different level. That ain't my ministry yet. Maybe saying, maybe the Lord might move me in that, perhaps. you know what I'm saying? But in the meantime, I'm getting a gospel to these Jehovah's Witnesses, though. I don't know. <laughs> but what I am saying is that even, even distractions are opportunities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so being mindful of the sovereignty of God, but also having a sense of compassion um, that leads you to see what you said is that, like, if God is in control of all of the things that are happening, even this is an opportunity mm. for me to give the gospel. Yeah. Even this is an opportunity for me to pray. Even this is an opportunity for me to be used by God to deliver somebody. Yeah, you know yeah, and, and that's what I felt yesterday, not yesterday, this morning. Because mm-hmm. uh, when you attempted to encourage me, and I was like semi-encouraged. But attempted. I, yeah, it wasn't. It, but this morning after we prayed, it worked. But I'm saying this morning after you prayed for me and we prayed for one another, I was like, you left. And then I felt like the Lord was like, 
person, I use it all. Mm-hmm. Like I, I waste nothing, you know, and you, you have it in your mind of what you think, how it should have went. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I use it all. And I, I hope that would encourage the, the listener here who, who is an evangelist. Cause I think sometimes the church conditions, condition us to want right now results. Mm-hmm. The, the church, like we, we put a, a high emphasis on, uh, we did an altar call, 50 people came to the altar. Uh, I gave the person, I gave this person the gospel and they fell down and, you know, said, what must I do to be saved? And yeah. the whole church said, hey, Man, we yeah. praise God. And I think that's good in some ways because I think it what it, what it does is shows us that we have an expectation for mm-hmm. the Lord to move. Mm-hmm. But I really think that the Lord wants to raise up a generation of evangelists mm-hmm. who are not okay, who who are content with with not seeing the fruit of their of their work until we get to glory. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think God wants to raise up an evangel uh, a, a generation of evangelists. Who are okay with being pl- seed planters, mm. right? Who are okay, who are okay with planting the seed and allowing somebody else to come and water that seed? Mm. Because we're not always going to see somebody's conversion. We're not always going to see um, someone, someone you know, turn from their sin and repent. Right? Mm. We're not always going to see you know when they come to the Lord. But like, like God is still calling us to be faithful. And my mind is going in a very interesting direction. I think knowing your role and your place in the kingdom can temper your expectations. Yes. What that's I mean good. by that is I think the Lord, especially in recent weeks and months, has positioned me kind of as a prophetic voice. I'm not saying I'm a prophet in that, like I'm, I'm I prophesy what is to come, you know what I'm saying? But I do think that the Lord has given me a prophetic voice where I testify to the truth of scripture mm. and who Jesus is and repent and believe in all the things. That's what prophecy but is. As a prophetic witness, that means that my expectation is not always necessarily that I'm going to see salvation, but is that I am a witness so that if you do respond or if you don't respond, you cannot say that God did not tell you. Yeah, right. that's good. And so I already have an expectation that, oh, yeah, they're going to get mad. Oh, yeah, they're going to hate me. Oh, yeah, they're not going to like it. I'm not even like I'm praying for salvation. I'm praying for repentance, but I'm also grateful because God is using me as an element of justice. That's good. So that when you stand before the Lord, he might bring this poem back to mind or this sermon back to mind or when she went in on Beyonce back to mind to say, I told you. Oof. I sent a witness. Oof. And so I think that 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 kind of governs your expectations when you also know your place yeah. in God's church. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us the time when you felt like the enemy tried to distract you in ministry. All the time. Well, I want to know. All the, everything. First of all, one, I think sometimes you won't experience spiritual warfare in the act of ministry sometimes you may experience it afterwards, Mm. right? And so I think you experience both. Yeah. So not only did you feel distraction and all of that, but you were sulking and discouraged and felt shame and felt insufficient after the ministry, which did what? It made you not want to continue in it. Yeah. And so I think even being mindful of the ways that the flesh and the enemy can show up after ministry is important. So I say all that to say, I felt, I think one of the earliest lessons of spiritual warfare is I had this poem come out when I was a very new Christian called My Life is a Stud, right? Yeah, you had a perm. I did. Yeah, a little slick perm. And you had like a really long goatee. Yeah. You like a goat. Oh my gosh. 
I did. It was kind of goatish. <laughs> it was Barry Billy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Barry Billy, you a jerk. <laughs> it was funny. So I did the poem, My Life is a Stud, right? I've probably been a Christian maybe, maybe six or seven months by the time. Yeah. I have no concept of this being one, the means that God starts my ministry. I have no concept of this being the means by which God saves a lot of people. I don't even know that the person I met when I was doing the poem is my husband. Like I had no idea how monumental that moment was. I was just doing a poem. Yeah, because I literally met you that night. So I go back to, you know, the crib, the church I was going to uh, in L.A., and there was this girl who was a part of the ministry who we start hanging out. And she used to be a lesbian. I used to be a lesbian. And we just started acting like lesbians. Two days. But y'all start holding each other's hands. No. It, 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 it never got, we never got the chance to go that far. But like we were being, it, I think the way people, when they come out of the gay kind of world, the way you kind of end up back into it is it usually starts emotionally. Mm. There's there's some bonding. There's some, oh, I get you. I understand you. Like it, 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 it scratches an emotional itch that ends up leading to something else. And so I think that's what it primarily was. I say all that to say, we was probably talking maybe 36 hours before the Lord snatched me out. And he snatched Ooh. me out through my discipler who was also gifted with prophecy. And she was at she was at work and the Lord dropped it in her spirit that Jackie was on some mess. They called all the uh, ministry leaders together to say, hey, Uh-oh. like you are like you plan with God by doing this. What I did not understand, which I understand now, is that anytime you come in against the kingdom of darkness, you need to gird yourself up mm. and you need to be aware that something, someone, some like some is going to come to try to get you off track. You know what I'm saying? And so there's somebody recently who they were venturing into a new element of ministry and I called them and I said, I need you to read Ephesians 6, like, like pay attention to the arm of the spirit. And I walked them through the arm of the spirit and I was like, the enemy is going to come through friends, Mm going to come through dreams, going to come through irritation, going to come through depression. He's going to do whatever he can to stop you from doing what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody told me that. Nobody prepared me to fight well. You know what I'm saying? So I had to fall to see that, oh, this ain't like, this ain't light work. Yeah, when, 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 were you, were you taken aback? Taken aback when when they when they all kind of like set you down like how like how did you feel like did you feel like they were doing the most did you feel like this completely because yeah. I had no concept of spiritual discipline mm. you know because a lot of churches don't practice discipline like Paul tells us like the, yeah. the elders and all of them like if you caught a sin two or three need to come and confront you yeah. you know what I'm saying if we care about the purity of the church and so yeah I was confused and I was irritated but the Lord used it um, and what he primarily used is Santoria she told me she said Jackie you're on your way to being a very famous hypocrite Woo. she was like because the Lord is going to use you like you know your gifts are going to make room for you but if you don't if you don't get your act together, you're going to be used, but you're not going to go to glory. And so I think, I think what that did for me is it put, it put the fear of God in me that has carried me this far. That's good. Because I, I realized that God doesn't care about my gifts like that. He cares about my heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so That's really good. Because if, if you think about the weight of that poem and what that poem did, uh, it really helped a lot of people. Um, and then, I mean, the enemy knows 
things in ways that we don't know. Yeah. Like he knows the magnitude or probably don't understand the magnitude, mm-hmm. but he sees, right? But you know how he had access to me? What? You want to know? It wasn't just ignorant. So, so Paul talks about like we are not ignorant of the, the 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 devil's schemes. I was I was completely ignorant of his schemes. That's why I didn't gird myself up. But it also was before I ever did that poem, I was still entertaining homosexuality, mm. right? And so he had a door through my lack of purity. Mm. And so I think if we were pe- like, you can't just be ignorant, you also have to be holy. Yeah. That is the way you guard yourself in spiritual warfare. Yeah. And so I have a guess that a lot of the public ministries and ministers that we've seen fall from grace or fall from holiness or fall from truth is because y'all was out here having the audacity to, to be in ministry and preach the gospel, but living a ratchet life. So the enemy got you. Yeah. Like, so like if, if you want to be out here, Talking about Jesus, yeah. but living like the devil, I'm going to need you to stay on the sidelines. Yeah. Because, because he, he he has access. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of times people, you know... I'm getting this, excited. Yeah, am the, I getting... Am I, am I loud? No, 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 no. You're not loud. You're, you're just, you know, passionate. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all good. You don't have to apologize. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of times we... we I think you said this in, in, in one of your sermons recently, but we we're, we so badly don't want to be legalistic that we start entertaining a whole bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that the enemy wants us to entertain. And when we do that, like, like we just become so vulnerable mm-hmm. to the enemy attacks and we don't even realize it, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I, I think when, when one, it's not about legalism, but it's about faithfulness. Come on here. Right, God wants us to be, he wants us to be faithful people. This doesn't mean that we have to be self-righteous. This doesn't mean we have to look down on people. This doesn't mean we have to call everybody a, a sinner when they operating in liberties that we feel like we don't, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't operate in. But it does mean that God is looking for faithful people, mm-hmm. not to just use for outside ministry, but he wants his children to be faithful because he knows that that's how you guard yourself from, yeah. from the enemy, yeah. right? Um, he already came and did the work, but but just because Jesus did the work doesn't mean we can't undo it with the way we live our lives, Correct. right? Um, and so I think God just wants us to be f- like faithful and to strive to be holy. Yeah, I, I really think we believe this lie that you can you can be a hypocrite and be useful. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's because the Lord uses everybody. Yeah. But there is a sense in which purity clarifies your gift and I think increases your effectiveness in a way that you will only experience when you start to cut that arm off that causes you to sin or to to gouge that eye out. That cause, Like even that, like you can't even see the plank in your brother's eye if you have one in your own, which means that you are ineffective even in your discernment yeah. when you have something in your way. Because I, I think the reason why is because we, we, we think as long as we're being useful in the kingdom of God, God is pleased yeah, that's or, or that's good enough. And Pharaoh we got, was useful. Yeah, we got the, we got the praise uh, of, of men. But when you, it's something about when you live in a clean life where God can speak to your heart yeah. and tell you the things that, that you need to know. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just filters and it, it, it helps how you 
commune with God mm-hmm. and how you do ministry with others. It yeah. just makes everything clear. Because you can go out and use your gifts and be, and, you know, and send people led to the Lord, yeah. but it doesn't mean that the Lord is intimate with you. Yeah, and I would hate at that moment. Even Paul, he says somewhere in here about how like. Where he say we're like I would hate to do all of this and then I'm disqualified. Yeah, that's in Timothy somewhere. Yeah, second second Timothy. I think it's in second Timothy. Uh, uh, I feel like it's first Timothy. I, I think it's second Timothy. You talking about? You uh, do a bit. I say it's first Timothy. I, I say it's second Timothy. Okay, I'm gonna find because second it. Timothy, first Timothy is when he's writing all the letters. Well, I mean, not the letters, but was when he first started writing the letter, and then, and then he second Timothy when he started encouraging them. I hope I'm not wrong. What well, we you probably you probably right nothing. We got to bet something. No, we don't. Oh, you was right. It's all right. My security is in Jesus. <laughs> I don't got to be hey, right. Hey, we're going to leave that in here. We're oh. not, we not going to edit that no, out. that's fine. That's all right. God gives grace to the humble. He was just proud. Uh, when Paul said, 2 Timothy 4, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. Where is it at? Keep reading. It's not in it. That ain't it? Oh. oh. So it's 1 Corinthians 9. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I Uh, discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I I myself should be disqualified. But yeah, that's the point is that purity preserves you. And so in in ministry, we don't want to be ignorant of of the enemy scheme. So just being aware of the different ways that he can access your unbelief or stir it up. Yeah. Whether that's through shame, whether that's through discouragement, Mm -hmm. whether that's through fear. Fear is a big one um, where... Like, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, right? But one of the things that fear tempts you to do is to not trust Jesus. Yeah. Unbelief, right? And so even in the kind of realm that God has me in now, there was a lot, there's still, but there's a lot of fear that I have to continue to push through. Because the fear will keep me from being honest. The fear will keep me from being faithful Mm -hmm. because I will be more fearful and more concerned about myself and other people than I am about what the Lord is telling me to do. And so I think just all of that is a a part of not being ignorant, but also being pure and recognizing that we don't want to leave any room for the evil one by functioning according to his ways, which is what sin is. So that's it. Yeah, and I I, I think sometimes when people, uh, especially... Who who don't hear this language of just being pure? They can they it almost can seem as if you know um, we might be saying um, to be perfect or, or well, to, I, I I I I I get I know what you're about to say, but what I'm saying <laughs> is it's like it's not it's not that we're not still falling, but I do think that God wants us to to remain in Him. Like we're 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 made, we're made perfect through the the perfect work of Jesus Christ. And so when you messing with stuff that ain't done on Malone to the Lord, it's like, nah, like, know that the Lord, that it that grieves God when we when we operate outside of his will. Yeah. And so we can be called, we can, we can be a Christian. 
But if we dibble and dabble in the stuff that they don't honor him, it's just like, man, like we we really leave ourselves out there yeah. to be attacked and discouraged by the end. Because we the attack's gonna come regardless. Yeah. But when you when when you it's it's something about being in the will of God that just protects you. Yeah. You know, because I mean the New Testament alone, let alone the Old Testament, is is very clear that God has has commanded us to be holy. Yeah. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord, right? And so we're not saying, we're not talking about sinless perfection. Yeah. But we are saying per- pursue perfection. Why? Because even Jesus says it. Yeah. Be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Yeah. And so what that does is it actually puts you in a position to be incredibly dependent on the Spirit of God, even the people of God, yeah. prayer, fasting, to to even try to be that because what keeps you also from pride, which is an enemy of effectiveness, yeah. which is a door to the evil one, what keeps you from pride is neediness, independence. Mm-hmm. And so I think even God's, how do you say it? Like God's standard Loki is like, oh man, I can't even be like you without you. That's really good. You know what yeah, I'm saying? That's so good. And that's so good that you brought up community because a lot mm. of times when we when we talk about God, God's protection, mm. right? It, we, we have to understand that God's goodness and God's protection often comes in the form of his body. His people, right? Yeah. And so a lot of times when you see people I like this overseer arm. When you doing. see when you see Well, people, that looks like Adolf Hitler, but this overseer arm. I didn't do that. Extra <laughs> thumb. When you see people when you see people fall away, mm-hmm. the first thing that happens is the enemy detaches them from a community. Well, before they fall away. Before they fall away. Yeah. It's always signs before they fall away. For sure. Right? Uh, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, the, the enemy detaches them from a community and that, like, that's God's protection too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, God speaks to you through somebody in the body, right? Mm-hmm. He, he encourages you through somebody in the body. Mm-hmm. And so we have to know that uh, yeah, God hasn't called us to, to an island. Yeah, um, I wanted to, because I'm, I'm just going to start bringing my Bible on these podcasts so that people know we're not we're not talking outside of our net. But um, in Hebrews 3, some, where is Hebrews at? There it is. That's, that's the Bible I actually used when I was talking to Joe's witness yesterday. Did you? Mm-hmm. It, didn't, it didn't burn on fire. They was like, um, hurry up, son. I couldn't find the passages. So I looked like I didn't know what I was talking about you at first. Scared. Okay, Hebrews 3, <laughs> verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to do what? Fall away from the living God. How do you guard yourself from falling away? But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I need us to see the plural. But exhort one another. You, 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 that means that I need to be around Christians exhorting me, challenging me, praying for mm-hmm. me, building me up so that I'm not hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, which leads me to falling away. And so I think I'm glad we did get to this because I think community is such a huge part of even like running the race that is set before us as it as it relates to ministry, because ministry is hard. It is. Even ministry in relationship with each other. Yeah. Like as as a married couple, yeah. a ministry as You begin on my nerves. Sure, but the enemy does not want me to love you. Oh, yeah. He does not want you to love me. Mm-mm. He does not want us to be examples for our children of what a, what the gospel is, because primarily that's our witness. But we is. We're trying. We is, in and Jesus' so, name. All right. I do think we need to talk about prayer. Because mm. what, what does, 
what does prayer do for you in ministry as it relates to just guarding yourself from the evil one? Man, that's a really good question. I mean, you know the journey that I've been on in prayer, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I've always prayed my whole walk, but recently the Lord is like, no, I want you to seek me. Mm. And we, you know, get up in the morning, we pray. And when I started to be intentional about prayer some months back, I realized I was not as anxious anymore. Mm. And it wasn't like I didn't have, you know, worries, concerns. I, I, like, we're really busy people. Mm-hmm. And when we get really busy, like I just, it, it becomes overwhelming. And then I can't think. And then I ended up dropping, you know, mm-hmm. dropping, you know, things, important things that I, I shouldn't drop. And, mm-hmm. and then I become stressed and, you know, anxious and then fearful. And then it's just, you know, but like ever since I've been praying, you know, and seeking the Lord, it, like it's just been this clarity, like this, like, like, um, the Lord, I, like my prayer has allowed the Lord to come in mm-hmm. and just clean up all this messiness in my mind. That's good. Like, you know how you, you often talk about, um, you often talk about how you can't think, uh, when our room is dirty. Yes. And like, what was crazy was I was sitting in my bed and I was like, I feel like I hear from the Lord better. Mm. When the room is dirty? No, no. Uh, now that I've been it. praying. Oh, like your mind is a room that God is cleaning. That's what I was about to get to. There we go. Yeah. Like I felt like, I was like, I see what Jackie means when she can't sit in the room. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, I couldn't think clearly because my mind has been so junky, mm. you know, so filled with stuff. And the Lord, it's like the Lord said, okay, son. Now that you've been able to, to to talk to me and commune with me in this way, mm-hmm. I'm gonna clean out all this stuff that you don't need to be thinking Come about. Come on here. I'm gonna get this all this all this worry or whatever, so I can so you can focus on what I want you to focus on. That's good. And so I feel like prayer helps us to be better husbands, better mm-hmm. wives, mm-hmm. better better brothers, better sisters, yeah. better disciples, better yeah. ministers, better pastors. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it helps us like when we commune with God and when we talk to Him. He has this beautiful ability to make things clear mm, mm-hmm. and to and to and to just take burdens away from us that we don't need mm. so that we can one commune with him more mm-hmm. more clearly and to do our work better. I'm gonna read something from uh Nehemiah. So Nehemiah, you know, the temple has been torn down, they've gone into Babylonian exile. And Nehemiah comes and he he makes um, he makes it his business to to rebuild the wall, right? And then the funny thing is that <laughs> he just rebuilding the wall, but there's opposition against him. Yeah, that, like there's there's people coming in that got beef with him doing this, and it says that. Verse 7, Nehemiah 4. But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashadites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we, not I, we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. I say that because anytime you are trying to build anything of eternal value, there will be opposition. Yeah. Uh, but God is is stronger than the opposition yeah. in every way. Every way. And so if we believe that to be true, we can ask him for the protection, for the help, for the resolve to keep building, uh, even with our weapons on our side, like our weapons in one hand and a brick in another one, then we're going to be all right. Same question, though. How's prayer helped you? That's, that's my answer. 
Oh. We done? Yeah. All right. Bye. Peace. With the Perrys is produced by the Perrys with support from Amanda Reed and Channing B. McBride. Editing by Xavier Fairley. Video recording and audio production by Kim Powell. Artwork by Hop. And music by Swoop. If you'd like to support the Perrys, you can visit the link in the show notes. This is With the Perrys. Thank you for listening. Now go with God.